On Shvi Yishal Pesach, we commemorate one of the most monumental events in Jewish history, Kriyas Yamsuf. A week after Klal Yisrael left Mitzrayim, they were pursued by the Egyptians and encountered the raging sea, and they sang Shira as they crossed the Yamsuf. And so on the seventh day of Pesach, we lay in the Shira. So how did the Yidden begin the Shira? What were their first words? So presumably, they began with the words, Ashir al-Hashem, The previous Pasik, Oz Yashir Moshe, is just describing what happened back then, but not their actual words. However, there's a message that says that Moshe actually began the Shira with the words Oz Yashir. Why did Moshe start with the word Oz specifically? Says the Medrash, Moshe began the Shira with the word Oz because he wanted to rectify the previous time he said Oz. When Moshe went to Mitzrayim to plead with Pari to release Kal Yisrael from slavery, not only did Pari not set them free, he increased their workload and Moshe complained to Hashem. He said, Why have you harmed these people? Meaning Kal Yisrael. Then he said the word Oz. It may Oz basi al Pari. For when I arrived to speak to Pari, it's gotten even worse for them. So Moshe questioned Hashem with the word Oz. So now as he crossed the Yamsuf and experienced the incredible revelation of Hashem's presence, he said, Oz Yashir. So Oz Yashir Moshe was misakin the Ma'oz Ba'asi al Pari. And the question is, what's the connection between the Oz in Mitzrayim and the Oz at Kriyas Yamsuf? Is Oz Oz just a play on words? And the Baisalevi says something incredible. Moshe Rabbeinu said, now that Kal Yisrael got to experience all the miracles, the plagues, Itzis Mitzrayim, Kriyas Yamsuf, and they got elevated to such great heights, to the point where they were now ready to receive the Torah at Har Sinai. Moshe said, now I understand why Klal Yisrael had to endure all this hardship, all the adversity that they experienced for the last 210 years. It was to prepare them for this exact moment. So now Moshe sang Shira for all the tsaris and all the difficulties that they suffered as well. So when he crossed the Yamsuf and he said, Oz Yashir, he thanked Hashem for the Me'oz Ba'asi Al-Pare as well. As he realized, if not for the Shibud of Parai and the back-breaking labor, they would have never been in position to become the Jewish nation and be worthy to be the Am Hanifchar, the chosen nation. On Pesach, we are obligated to eat matzah. The reasons given why we eat matzah is really paradoxical. On one hand, we begin the Haggadah with Halach Ma'anya. This matzah was eaten by our forefathers in Egypt and is therefore referred to as Lechem Oini, bread eaten by slaves, symbolizing affliction. However, later on we say that the matzah we eat is reminiscent of the fact that the Jews left Egypt in such haste that there wasn't enough time for their dough to rise. And that symbolizes freedom. So why have the matzah symbolized two opposite concepts? But according to what we just said from the Beis HaLevi, we now understand that the reasons are not really contradictory. Because matzah embodies the concept that all the hardships and all the difficulties we go through is really all for our benefit. So the fact that we were slaves in Egypt and ate lechem oini was only because it prepared us for our ultimate tachlis, being free and becoming a nation. The lechem oini was the precursor to the bread of freedom. And perhaps this is why we break the matzah by yachatz into two parts. 
we refer to the Afakoyman as Tzofen, the hidden piece. Because initially, we don't realize that all that oppression, all that torment was Latoiba. The fact that the persecution in Mitzrayim was for our benefit was concealed from us during all those years in Mitzrayim. But now, after reciting the entire Haggadah, and we gain a deeper perspective that even what we perceive as hardship is really Latoiva, we now take out the Afakoyman and we say the half that we initially referred to as Lechem Oini, symbolizing slavery, was also for our benefit. That was also Latoiva, as that was the prerequisite for our Geula and fulfilling our mission to become the model nation. The progenitor of the famous Briska dynasty was a man by the name of Reboisha Soloveitchik. His son is known as the aforementioned Beis Halevi. His son is the famous Reb Chaim. His son was the Briska Rav. His descendants are the ultimate symbol of Lomdas throughout the Oilem Yeshivas to this day. This dynamic dynasty all descended from Reboisha Soloveitchik. Reboisha was a businessman. He was in the lumber business and was extremely successful. One day his fortune turned and he lost all of his money. It was so shocking that this wealthy patron of so many charitable causes lost his money. It had such an impact on the community that the basin of his town convened to try to figure out what he was doing wrong that caused him to lose his money. The basin did a thorough investigation and they could not find anything wrong with his religious behavior. The only thing they could possibly find was that he gave more charity than a person is supposed to give. Halacha states that a person should not give more than 20% of his income. They found that he exceeded this limit. This is the only thing that he might have done wrong. When this finding was presented to Reb Chaim Velazhen, he rejected that reason. He insisted that it cannot be that he lost his money because he gave too much tzedakah. What did Reb Moshe do when he lost all of his money? He was obviously a bright person. He could have gone into another business, but he decided to devote his entire day to learning Torah. What was the result of that decision? From him emanated the Beis HaLevi, and Reb Chaim Brisker, and the Briskerov, and the entire Brisker dynasty. Reb Chaim Velazhna later said, Now in hindsight, I understand why Reb Moshe lost his money. The Gemara says in Adarim, his haru Be careful with the children of the poor, because from them Torah will emerge. Poor children will be the future Torah leaders of Kal Yisrael. He lost his money so that his children would fall into the category of Bnei Aniyim, and as a result, Torah would emerge from the great Salavechik dynasty. So what Rabbi Salavechik thought was a great calamity, losing all of his wealth and becoming a poor man, and he was forced to say Baruch Daina Emes? Little did he know that by losing his money, he actually became one of the wealthiest men in world history. All the money in the world cannot buy even one Chiddush of Reb Chaim. And now we know. Have a wonderful day.